You're listening to the Corporate Quitter Podcast, where it's all about exploring possibilities for making an honest living outside of the traditional nine to five. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Corporate Quitter. I'm your host, Gabby Einel, and today's guest I'm super excited about because we go way, way back. Her name is Monica Mazur, who started her professional journey as a journalism student in Poland, turned immigrant nanny in the USA and fitness competitor. She's the founder of BBM or Body by Monica, which is an online fitness and life coaching platform. Monica's mission is to help women become confident both in their body and business, and because of her experience bodybuilding and in personal development, her clients are getting amazing, amazing fitness and life results easier and quicker than before. So Monica... I am so grateful that we reconnected. It's crazy how we met. And I was like kind of in a similar place of where you started. I was a nanny, didn't know what I was doing in life, like was so lost. And now here we are six years later, like reconvening on a completely different way. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me, Gabby. I'm so, so, so excited. Yeah. So can you give, you know, a little bit about your story? I think it's super interesting that, you know, you came all the way from Poland and you just being an immigrant alone is super difficult, let alone like starting as a nanny, right? Then being a bodybuilder, then being like a personal trainer, like you've gone through so many trials and errors. And I just want people to really get an idea of like what your actual background is and like how you got here. Totally. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So I started in America at 21. So I moved here just for a year. That was the plan. I was a journalism student and my intention was to learn a language and that's it. And then I ended up staying here for years and years to follow. Out of self-limiting beliefs, really, I discovered fitness because I was a nanny and it was so hard to not communicate, right? It was so hard to not be able to speak the language, which as a journalism student before, that's all I did was use my language skills, writing, speaking, reading. And so coming here was really like a two by four between my eyes because I was like suddenly locked. And so I discovered a fitness by accident, just kind of casually going to the gym. I got certified in personal training. Back in the day, there were no female trainers. So I was one of the few. I was very popular instantly because there's no one else to help women. And I started working with women exclusively. We're talking 12, 13 years ago. As much as I loved the women environment and the women empowerment, what I was lacking back then, and I think it's present still until this day, is this kind of like kick in the butt. And this is who I am for my clients now. And what I mean by that is at the all-female facility that I worked at in Boston, I quickly realized that I was like letting myself go, if you will. I was gaining weight. I wasn't exercising because all I was doing was helping others. So from that, I stepped into like, all right, I need my own accountability. So I hired a coach and I started doing bodybuilding. That was really great. It taught me a lot. It was such a mental game, believe it or not. It's not just physical, it's very mental, but it was also very helpful as a coach to be able to learn, this is how you train to reshape the body. This is how you eat. This is what keto does to you. This is what low carb does to you. And so practicing on myself and then being able to practice on the clients was really valuable. But you quickly realize that you can be ripped and have the best six pack and look amazing, but it's something is still missing, right? And so therefore I started looking for something more and I discovered personal development. And that's how you and I met, right? At Landmark. That was really eye-opening because you realize that you can have the physical and then you're missing the mental and the physical doesn't do anything for you. You can be standing on stage getting plastic awards because that's what you get in bodybuilding and still nothing, nothing, no fulfillment, just, you know, it's just empty and you don't have anything from it if the inside is not taken care of. And therefore I dove deep into personal development. 
Yeah. And it's so cool that you now have a business that is like you coupled the two together because as you said, or even just for myself, like my mom used to be a competitor as well. She did bikini for a while. And it's so crazy how like you can do the macros, right? You can go to the gym, you can do all that stuff. But if mentally you're not prepared, like, and that goes for all things in life. It's just, you're never going to get better. or You're never going to get to that place of like peace and happiness. So it's cool that you've now created a program that's yes, rooted in fitness, but it's also rooted in like the mental thing, right? That mindset shift that's needed. So that basically, you know, you can do the things you want to do and create the life you want by design instead of by default. Yes, I totally. And so it's so interesting for me to to hear you from a perspective of a child whose mom did that because, you know, I'm sure that must have been super. What was the most challenging thing for you when your mom was competing and you were just watching her eat and train? How was that like? Well, I think being young and insecure was like, oh my God, my mom can't be hotter than me. But then the other thing was just basically like, you know, I think at the time I was like 20, maybe 22 when she was doing it. So she was like in her late forties when she was competing against like 25 year olds. It was really interesting to see how all of us as a whole family unit, like my dad, my brothers, all of us really had to pull together to support her because towards the end, when you're really buckling down and you have to, all you're eating is boiled chicken and boiled broccoli, no salt, you're drinking distilled water, right? Not even like the full salt water mentally is like, it fucks with you. Like she had to train two times a day at that point. Like, you know, to see my mom, like crying and she's dreaming about eating food. It's hard, right? Especially like, what can I do? Like, I want to support you, but you know, you have to be hard and push them and just be like, mom, you know, like you want to do this. You got to do what you need to do. But also it's really inspiring too, because now eventually I want to compete as well. Maybe not to, she was a figure competitor, which is a little more cut, but maybe something like bikini, I think would be really, really fun. Because as you said, right, it's like a game, like the way that you can shape your body. It's really fun to see what you can do. That's a really empowering thing. I had a few clients compete back in the day when I was prepping and competing, and it was really empowering. However, all of them were like, you're crazy. This is ridiculous. You're doing this for what? For the plastic trophy that's, you can buy this at the party store. So yeah, but an important point you brought up too is mixing or matching together the mindset and the training because you cannot have one without the other. And, you know, when I first became a personal trainer, I was really into helping people get in their best shape, right? And helping them with their fitness and helping them with their food. And through that, they absolutely, there's a huge empowerment. There's a huge power that comes from that. However, if someone is not doing the mental work and not addressing other issues that are somewhere underneath, the transformation is going to be very short-lived and it's not going to last and it's going to be more of the same, you know, another success and then failure, if you will. And so the personal development part was huge. And so when I discovered Landmark and I started doing more and more of self-work, I started delivering that more and more to clients. And then also, I think any coach can relate to the fact that if you don't do the work on yourself, you cannot effectively help others. It's kind of like a therapist in a way. You have to be able to remove your own self from that equation. So you don't take anything personally that your clients do or don't do. You don't take personally whether they have results or not. You can help them without bringing your own stories from the past, insecurities, or anything that you have about this relationship that way you can help everyone and you're not limited to a certain amount of people or some kind of person. Not that you have to help everyone, but so the personal development is huge and it helped also with obviously opening my own business and running that throughout the years because, you know, it's not easy to transition from corporate America where you just show up and the building is there and the clients are there and it's clean and you have the equipment and you have the water and light and everything that you need to show up and perform as a trainer. 
to then opening your own place where you have to take care of everything from the flooded toilet to the, you know, water for clients, cleansiness of the place, your schedule, your taxes, your payments. I mean, it's insane the amount of work that goes into running your own business. Yeah. And so I love the fact that you're doing what you're doing because you're allowing, you know, to bridge the gap, right? You're bridging the gap between the corporate world and then having your own business and running your successful business. So I'm, I really admire what you're doing because you're showing people that it's possible through others. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, it totally is. And like you said, I think the cool thing is I try to inspire people and this is why I do the podcast, but the very real thing is, like you said, it is not easy. Like when we had talked and you were going through your whole background about you signing leases and then things flooding or like, remember the building that you were supposed to sign the lease for went on fire. Like people don't consider that like shit hits the fan all the time in business. And that's like, it's just a normal day. It's not like even special because you're so used to things hitting the fan that it just becomes second nature to put out fires. Like in this case, quite literally, like, (laughs) so literally, yeah. Now that you brought it up, I remember working in Boston at one of the corporate gyms and I was the busiest trainer and I had about like 45 to 50 clients at any given moment. And that's where I was competing. And then fast forward to having my own business and having about double the clientele and, you know, having to take care of the place, like physically, you know, I had to take care of the place or hire someone to do that, take care of the back end of the business. You know, no one was doing my, I had to do the taxes. I had to do all the expenses. I had to do everything. And suddenly you don't realize, you know, you might think you're the shit when you're working for corporate and you're like, oh yeah, I'm making six figures. It's amazing. I'm the business, you know, trainer here. And then suddenly you transition to your own business and like, you have to work four times that, I don't even know, five times that hard, or you're spending unlimited amount of hours. However, I always, and this is kind of like on me moving to America, the responsibility is huge, but the freedom is what makes it worth it for me. So like same thing with running the business, the responsibility is huge. No one is there to save you, whether your building is flooded and you have to deal with insurance or whether your building is on fire and everything goes down, you have to deal with all of it. However, the freedom is priceless. And the fact that you can see what's missing in your market or like on your market and for your clients and deliver that, that's priceless. You're not constrained. You're not having to ask your boss constantly about, you know, can I do this? Can I do that? When you're printing flyers, you have to make sure that there's a logo and it has to be, you know, there's so many little stupid things that we had to do in corporate. I mean, I told you I quit working for corporate America because of leg warmers. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, like also inspiring because right when you talk to people and they're like, well, I quit because of this major thing and you talk to people like us where it's just like, like for me, it was a foot injury that put me over the edge that I was like, nope, we're not doing this anymore. <laughs> like we're leaving. No, that's it. No. And that's the thing. Like, I think people fear transitioning from corporate to doing their own thing. However, that looks like because they don't want to take the responsibility, but maybe they don't realize that the freedom that they will have will be so I don't know. It's just so exciting waking up every single morning and knowing that you can do whatever the heck you want. And you have a choice. If you want to do a podcast, do a podcast. If you want to pivot and do something different, you can do it. There's a limited amount of options. You can hire whoever you want to. You don't have to work with clients who don't, you know, excite you. You're totally free to do whatever you want. So that's priceless to me. Yeah, I agree. I want to kind of take a step back. So for, I know a lot of people 
and even for you specifically with your whole story and everything is like, people think when they leave that they are like going to lose everything. Right. But also there's the notion of like, when you hit rock bottom, you have like, when you're coming from zero, you have so much more that you can do. So can you shed a little bit of light on that? Just because I think people forget that when you really have nothing to lose and you're just like balls to the walls, like I'm putting it on the line, you actually have, it's like the rubber band of like, the lower you fall, the higher you bounce up. That, like a trampoline. The further down it is, the higher you can bounce. I see this happening for myself and many of my clients in their lives and their journeys when it comes to work or life in general. You know, when I moved from Poland to America, I came being a university student, studying journalism, and suddenly I was a nanny. And that was that. And my colleagues and my friends were working for the television and I was wiping butts. So, however, right now they're still working for the television and I'm doing whatever the heck I want. So that's like a grand scheme of things. Same way when I left Boston and I moved to Connecticut, you know, I had a great six-figure job in corporate. I had clients. I had beautiful apartment working distance to work. And it was so convenient and easy. However, inside I was kind of dying a little bit because... It was boring. It was not fulfilling. I was not doing anything new. And I even thought from a perspective of a client who was paying, you know, over a hundred dollars to spend an hour with me during personal training session. And I was like, they don't deserve this, that I'm checked out. They still keep paying this money, but I'm just checked out. I don't want to do this anymore. And I had it and I wasn't making a difference for them, which I was because when I left, many of them, you know, went downhill. But long story short, I moved from Boston to Connecticut and I quit my job and I was so happy. You know, I was so scared. I have to tell you this. I was so scared to quit my job. It was a job of seven years. I had it in my head that this job is what makes me successful because it was a beautiful gym. It was a beautiful location, wealthy area. And so I had it that because I'm here, I'm successful. And so I was so scared to do it. But I remember when I quit and I spoke to my boss and I left, I remember walking home being like, oh my God, I did it. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Like, like a bomb went off inside and I had no plan what I'm going to do. I just knew that I cannot continue any longer on this like, boring path because it was, it was death. Like there was nothing, no more learning there. And so I moved to Connecticut, found a job that was some, like the job description was similar, like Boston, except now I suddenly started working with elderly and I went from the hip trainer in the hip area to like the elderly trainer, almost like a physical therapist. And even though it was fine because I was dealing with a lot of turmoil in my personal life. So it was a little bit calmer than at work. I didn't have to perform super hard to make money it was just boring again. It was just not fulfilling. And so I went from, you know, having this amazing job to moving to Connecticut and having nothing, being in a messed up relationship. The job was just, I mean, I worked with literally 80 year olds. So you can just imagine, like I was almost working at a nursing home from working with like fitness competitors. There was a huge gap, right? And so I lost everything. I lost everything. I was living off my savings. The job was not good. (laughs) My relationship, my personal life was all just crap. And so from being up there, I went to being like the experience of life there was being on the pavement face down and being pulled by my legs, like scraped. That was the experience of life. I let myself be in the pity party for like four or five months. And then I was like, the new year is starting. I'm not doing this. And I left the relationship. I actually planned on living in Connecticut for another six months at that point to finish team management leadership program at Landmark and move back to Boston, which I never did because I ended up staying. I ended up using the leftover savings that I had to sublease a fitness studio through Instagram within two, three months, growing it to be my full-time job. And then I ran it happily and successfully for three years, very happy, full-time schedule. And so I went from you know being in Boston, doing well, to having nothing, 
And then going, boom, having my own business, so much more freedom, same money, living in a place, you know, the cost of living was much lower, but then Corona hits. And I was like, oh no, now what? And again, we went to like almost kind of stand still. And I was like, no, I'm not going to let this happen. I'm not going to let this stop me. Let's transition from brick and mortar, 50% and 50% online, because I had a handful of clients online to 100% online. And that was crazy. 2020 was insane. But it yet again, was like a pivot all right, well, this is not working great. I'm not going to be spending time and energy being mad here that this is not working. If something is going on on this route, I'm going a different route. I'm not going to stay here pissed that this route is closed. Like, okay, next, (laughs) you know? And so I see this on clients too, that where you are starting from zero, when you don't have anything to lose, you have everything to gain. And, you know, especially when you have no money, it's so much easier to grow your side hustle to be a full-time business when you don't have a job because you have to, it's not optional. It's not like, yeah, I'm only spending three hours a day doing this because I have a job. Quit the job. You're going to have all the time in the world and you're going to have all the motivation because now you have a reason you have to do it. So I strongly encourage people to always pick one route. You cannot, my mentor calls it, you have one ass, right? One horse. You can't ride two horses at the same time. (laughs) And it's so true. Like you have to pick one route and go. You're not going to be successful doing three things at the same time. Yeah. Well, it's like, I forget the phrase, but essentially it's like where your focus goes, the energy flows. So if you're doing two things at once, you're not going to do either one well, you know? So it's like, if you're doing your job and you're also doing your side hustle, you're probably, your side hustle is meh and your job is probably meh because you're so fucking tired. But it's funny too, because in prior years of me trying to build side hustles and do other things, it always failed, right? I got like a month, maybe max of time that I actually committed to it. And it was like mediocre at best. If I had not quit my job and started this business, it would not be where it is today, a thousand percent, because every single day, this is what I do. And that's it. 100%. What do you think um, is distracting factor when it comes to someone having their job and having a side hustle? Like, what do you think from your perspective? Why is it that it's never working? Honestly, and this sounds ridiculous, but I feel like a lot of people, they're operating that side hustle or that business on a fake version of themselves. So like, for example, when I was in corporate, I had the pencil skirt. I put my hair back in a bun, like never cursed. And now that's all I do. (laughs) But I mean, like I was a very small sliver of who I actually was internally. So right, if I'm not fully expressed, I'm not fully who I am. Obviously the relationships I have, the friendships, the way that I treat my body, like in this case, the business that I run is not going to be anonymous to who I am as a person and the lifestyle that I truly want because I was so, you know, you're fed a bag of lies when you're in corporate, that you need this lifestyle and you need this title and all this stuff. And so once I removed that, that's when the door started opening and I started finding myself and I'm seeing the more people that I talk to when they take the leap and they bet on themselves and they give themselves the full capability to just like show up like unapologetically as who they are, amazing fucking things happen, like amazing things. You know, and it's so brilliant what you just said. I never thought about it from this perspective, but even in the fitness industry, being a trainer, you think, oh, you're wearing Lululemons to work. You're wearing sneakers. You don't have to put makeup on. You don't have to, but there are still things that you are expected to do, things you're expected, how you're expected to show up. Like when I was doing bodybuilding, I couldn't go and do the posing routines at my job because they were like, oh, this is just offensive to clients. You shouldn't be doing this. And it's like, well, that's who I am. And it's actually very much aligned with the work, but still they don't want you to do it. So I can imagine in corporate when you're actually working like an office job, you probably can't even do bodybuilding because that would be super offensive and that would be super not aligned with what you're doing or like having a podcast where you're cursing or something else where you kind of have to show up as just your 
work title. Yeah. And you know, I've thought about that before because I had a personal trainer about two years ago, right? I was living in Brooklyn. I was making good money. I was feeling myself, so to speak. And I was like, okay, maybe next year is the year I'm going to do the bodybuilding once and for all. And I had such a panic over like, well, what if my bosses are going to think? And the thing too, as you know, with training, like when you get down to the final weeks, you need to eat a certain way. You are mentally exhausted, physically exhausted. You need to train twice a day. So I'm thinking, how would I be able to factor this into my schedule? And would I even be allowed? Like, actually, like they'd be like, oh, you're not performing well. Like, you know, and all these things crept into my mind. I was like, okay, I can't do bodybuilding right now because physically, like, I don't even know if I could take it or the people around me could take it either. You know, it's funny you said this because I had a client doing the prep competition and one time and she worked uh, also in Boston and she was one of the top people at her job and still she was surrounded by a lot of men. And so the problem was that suddenly they started being passive aggressive because they were intimidated because suddenly she was, you know, this badass chick who's competing, who's walking around the jug of water and suddenly they were making fun of her. Suddenly they were not taking her seriously in meetings. And it was so ridiculous because it's like, She's here as the professional she is, and this is outside activity, nothing to do with anything she was doing at work, but still somehow that gave them permission to make fun of her, to, you know, almost belitter her job, you know, her performance because of what she was doing outside of work, which is so ridiculous because you would never do this in what we're doing right now, working for yourself, being any kind of entrepreneur, even if you are, you know, freelancing, even if you, I worked at a lot of VAs, you know, technically they have their own business, but they work for many businesses. It's never a thing. You do you. And so if you, you know, want to do something else outside of our relationship, everyone understands. And I think 2020 even brought it up more because we all started working from home. So suddenly, you know, you started seeing people like, hey, they have children. Oh, hey, these guys have a dog or a cat. It became more normal. We became more human and less the job title, which I love because you can relate to someone better. You can understand them better. You can see where they're coming from, where they are not performing their best. Kind of, again, grounding this in personal development, we're not just machines. We're human beings. And so if someone is in a funk because of something that's going on in their life, it's not inappropriate to ask them, hey, do you have any marital issues? person who works with me because we have that kind of relationship and it's not weird instead of in the corporate I'd be like hey you need to show up why aren't you doing what you're supposed to do I like that fact that we're back to being human because I think a lot of times in corporate you know people who expect you to work at your best all the time they think that you're going to be less productive when you're working from home and when you're working on your own schedule or when your kids are involved but it's not true Because when you do what you love, you're way more productive. You're actually creative and productive versus just banging the six hours or eight hours at the computer and then you're done because you set your time and you're left. You know what I mean? Do you you think that's the case too when working corporate, you just like sit there for eight hours versus when you work for yourself, you can do four hours and produce way more and feel great and have time for your health as well? Yeah, I feel like because of the internet, right? The great thing is things are automated. You're more efficient, like you can bang out things so much more quickly when you just operate in a way that's happy and healthy than you would be like just like hustling and bustling and you're really pulling from nothing. Because even think about back in like college, if you had to get a paper in by whatever, 12 a.m., submit it, like, and you forget and it's like 10 p.m. and you're like trying to get it out. I never did that, but I know people who did. They would perform their best under pressure and they would get it done in like a freaking hour instead of like three weeks. Like to me, that's just incredible that when you think about time, it can expand and contract based on what you need to do. And so when you look at the new models of business that are arising, where it's not hourly based, it's based on projects, like you need to get this done. And I don't care if it takes you two hours or it takes you eight, but you got to do it. 
it's cool because you can operate in a better way, so much better. You know, it makes me think, one thing that you said just made me think about how we perform based on how much time we give ourselves, right? And in your own business, you get to choose how that goes just from the school example, right? So if I know that I can, you know, bang out training programs for clients in one day, if I sit down and just hyper-focus on what I'm doing and I can do it all, I have my app, I can create it all. It was a lot of work to set it up, but once it's set up, I can really make a custom training program for all clients for the whole month within one day, within one day, but it has to be, you know, hyper-focused, let's get going versus if I gave myself like, all right, the last entire week of each month I'm spending on programming. You know what, how that looks like, right? I would be just walking around for three days, stressing about the fact that I should be doing the thing. And then the next two days I'd be stressing even more. And then the last day I'll sit down like, biting my fingers. Okay, I'm doing it. Versus, you know, when you're choosing kind of the, what I wanted to, to capture here is that if you choose to do something and take a week doing that, it will take you a week. But if you choose and you'll say it's going to be a day, it will take you a day. It's totally up to you. And again, when you're doing it with yourself, for yourself, or with your clients, you can say how that's going to go versus incorporate. You have to sit down and do whatever they tell you to do. So I would always get in trouble. You know, it was funny. I was a very high performing trainer, but I would always get in trouble because I like, I had things that I wanted to do my way, but they wouldn't ever like never had any consequences because I was performing so well. So it was really funny because I was like, <laughs> you can't get me. <laughs> so, like I remember at the beginning of the month, the biggest goal was to fill up a goal spreadsheet. So how much money you're going to make for the gym. I would always be like, forget about it. I need to. And this was before I had my app. So I had to write out manually all the training programs for clients, like type it all out. So I would carry my iPad everywhere and just type and type and type. And so my boss would be always like, chasing me and being like, Hey, Monica, you're the last one to submit the goals. What's going on? Blah, blah, blah. And we had like 20 trainers. And I was like, lady, I remember sitting in the meeting. I was like, listen, my priority is my clients. So if my clients have their programs, the revenue is coming. If I'm just focusing on the revenue and not the programs, it's not guaranteed. And she was like, no, this is the goal. And I was like, listen, and it was funny because I really performed well, not out of anything other than I just love what I do. So it wasn't hard for me. So I remember being like, listen, if you give me a goal to, I don't know, make $12,000 in sales at the gym at the time, we're talking, you know, seven, eight years ago in Boston, I'll double it. I'll double it easily and sometimes more. So like, don't worry, I'll hit the goals you gave me. And usually I will give myself a personal goal of doubling what you gave me will be done deal. But my priority are my clients. And so I was thinking about our meeting today, yesterday when I was like getting ready mentally for it. And I thought, you know, I would always get in trouble because I had to go by the rules <laughs> and I don't like following the rules. I, I always wanted to look like what's needed for clients. What are they missing and deliver that on the spot and not, you know, you can't do this. The registered dietitian does this. You as a trainer, you have this certification. You can't, you know, so that's another benefit where you do your own thing. You do your own thing. You are responsible for everything and you don't have to, you don't have any help. So that can be tricky, but at the same time, you are fully free to create whatever you want. Yeah, I love that. And I think, again, with this whole great resignation movement and all of it is that people are just done with the hurdles and the bullshit and the rules and the like, why do we have to do it this one way when there's a better efficient way? Especially like the company I used to work for was awesome, but they were so fucking outdated when it came to technology and stuff. Like we had things that weren't fucking around when the computers first came out. Like as a multi-billion dollar global company, you need new tools. Like why is it like that? And you know, they're like, oh, well, it's been working for this amount of years. We do it. We do it this way. And it's kind of like, 
no, like this is why people are leaving, seeing it with your business. Like you're making more money and more impact doing your own thing and setting the rules yourself than going along with some bullshit structure just because they say they want to do it like that. And you know, in this context, I also wanted to share, we talked about it, you and I earlier, the fact that as an entrepreneur, you want to do what feels right for you and for your potential clients and what is aligned with you and not necessarily what looks good on the outside. So for example, last year in the middle of the year when I worked online full time for some time and then I was allowed to go back to my fitness studio, I didn't want to. I was so resisting going back. That's a whole another story. But my biggest thing was that oh, I don't have a boss. I can just close it. I can close the studio and not deal with it ever again. The thought popped into my head, but like, it looks good. It looks legit, right? There are so many coaches online, but if I have a fitness studio, that's more legit. But then I'm like, what am I going to keep it for? For people? For how it's going to look like? And finally, all in all, obviously, I closed it after three years of running it. The main thing for me was that I already reached what I needed to reach. There was no more money made. You know, there was no more money that I could make. There was no more impact because I was locally just in a small little town in Connecticut. And I wanted to be online with diversity around me, with women from all over the world, maybe even men, and not being locked in this small place. However, the amount of pity party that I got from people. <laughs> it was so funny. People being like, Yo, I'm so sorry you had to close it. Oh, you know, Corona killed you. <laughs> I was like, no, 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 no. And so it was really funny because, you know, it would have looked better if I kept the studio, but it was stupid for what? But for people, it looked like I failed. And, you know, and I'm not someone who likes to throw numbers in people's faces because I don't think in my industry it matters as in like, oh, I made six figures here or multiple six years there. But the truth is I made more money after I closed the studio and I was you know, open to do things online because I wasn't tied to a place. I wasn't trading time for money. I built a machine that works and I can just involve more people in it. And it's great. And, you know, now I even enjoy helping young fitness professionals who want to start doing it just on the side. I don't want to be a business coach, but helping them when they're establishing their fitness programs, whatever that might be. You know, I have a couple of clients who are opera singers and they created little programs for like specific for opera singers who are like beginners, the artsy kids. And and it's so fulfilling to, to show them like, hey, there is a way to do it. And it's so easy But I'm sharing this in the context of it doesn't always look good on the outside because a lot of times people will ask me even now, oh, what do you do? And it's funny because I caught myself kind of almost like, oh, I just work for myself, you know? Uh, Yeah, I have my, I work from home. (laughs) What? Like, you know, you're almost like not wanting to share how great it is, which is not good. I have to correct myself on this. I catch myself a lot when people are like, oh, what do you do? I work for myself from home. I just work from home. It sounds like I'm, I don't know, like making some cookies and selling them at school of my children, which I don't have children. I don't make cookies, you know, but it sounds like this like kitchen made business. But in reality, it's an awesome business. Yeah, I wouldn't change it for anything. So for our listeners, do not do what looks good on the outside. Do what feels good on the inside because it will pay off big time. That kind of goes to what you shared about like not being authentic in corporate versus being really, really authentic with whatever you're doing with yourself, for yourself, by yourself, because that's going to sell because it's your own person. Authentic. You can reach people who are like on your page. Yeah. And the cool thing is it sounds so cliche, but like I'm literally just getting paid and building a business based on being me. That's literally fucking it. 
That's it. <laughs> it's so fun. For me, you know, the biggest thing with this, Gabby, is like bringing out the greatness out of others. Like, it's so cool to see. And even if this was, you know, I was talking to someone about like, how do I find my life purpose? You found yours. How do you... This is the kind of thing that you would do. If that thing was illegal, you'd be in jail because you would be doing it because you're so craving doing it. So for you, that's what you're doing. For me, it's the same thing. Or if you won a lottery, you still would be doing it. Maybe in a little different capacity or a little different way, but you would still be doing it because you love doing it so much. You know, and I think that's another thing I think people are stuck in their jobs is because they think that they have to figure it out instantly. But in reality, it's like taking a bunch of little steps. You know, okay, my studio, that was good, but, you know, to an extent, oh, doing an app, oh, that's great, but now I want to, and another thing with that, too, is on your own, you get to reinvent yourself as many times as you want, and that doesn't mean you're a loser and you're starting from zero every single time, not at all. But you get to basically call the shots, but the cool thing is that your business is rooted in fitness, and as many people know, myself included, is that when you get your fitness shit in check, basically... It's almost a, I don't want to say guarantee, but it's like, it just makes sense that your life would fall in place of that as well. So like, if you're taking care of yourself, you're putting yourself first, right? You're, you know, going to the gym, you're eating well, you're sleeping better. Like, you know, it just goes to show that your business, if you desire to have a business or your career or your relationships will be better as a result. So it's like a multi, you know, you don't get one without the other. You know, I I made a IG video on this the other day, how all of our life aspects or areas work together in sync. So you cannot have one that doesn't. And respectively, like you said, if you elevate your fitness, everything else will elevate as well. So, you know, your discipline will be better all everywhere. Your relationships will be better because you will set boundaries with people because you'll have, you know, food and training that you have to execute every single day. Just everything elevates. There's no other way you you'll elevate everything. However, on the other hand as well, if you want to start a business or if you want to, you know, just do anything really in life other than exist, if you want to do anything exceptional, you have to take care of the fitness and your health for two reasons. One, the obvious, the health and longevity, right? If you don't have the health, you can't do certain things. I was talking to my friend who just started a, he trains dogs and he opened his own place and he trains dogs, but physically it's very demanding. And he's only like 20 something years old. He's like, it's very demanding to do it. So physically you need the health and the longevity, no matter what your business is. But then secondly, you need it for the confidence, right? The confidence that comes through, I look good. I feel good in my skin. So I get to show up this way. Otherwise I won't show up because I don't feel good. I don't feel confident. I don't have anything to show here. So I'm not going to show up. And so I think that there are two folds to the equation when it comes to like, when you're doing whatever you're doing, the fitness and the health is such an integral part. Because again, if you don't have the health or if you don't have the confidence that come from like feeling good in your skin, it will be so much harder for you to show up. Yeah, I agree. I want to switch gears a little bit with regards to business and fitness and it all, you know, it is so integral, but like, you know, when you were doing your studio and then you decided you wanted to switch gears and write, a lot of people can see that as like, you know, the deep, dark place, right? There's no silver lining in that, not, you know, having the glass half full. What was the experience like for you when you feel guilty over not having like gratitude for something? So, right, a lot of people would be grateful for like, or they should, quote unquote, should be grateful for having the six-figure job or should be grateful for having the studio or should be grateful for, I don't know, having a career, but then wanting to let it all go to try something new, right? You feel guilty as fuck. <laughs> like, so how do you manage that? Yeah, no, you brought up a very, very valid point. So after having running my studio for three years, at the end of 2019, right on the cusp of like when the world changed, I was walking around kind of 
not happy a lot of like reflection, but I didn't know why. I, I didn't know why I was not happy. I didn't know why I was not grateful because I had a beautiful studio. It was beautiful. It was two minutes away from home. I was the only person working there. I was making great money, meaning, you know, the costs were very low compared to what I was making. It was just amazing. But I was not, you know, and imagine having a studio where you can go and exercise any day and any time at 10 o'clock at night or on Sunday morning or Saturday night, and you're the only person there. It was amazing. And so I felt guilty because I was not grateful. And I was like, wait, what's your problem? Like, what is it? Long story short is I was not fulfilled. Again, yet again, like in Boston, I had this great job. I had this great money. But I'm the kind of person who always wants to learn and grow and make an impact. That's the thing. It could be fine just doing what I was doing, but I wanted more. I always wanted more. And looking at it from different perspectives, it's not finances. Like, it's not like, oh, I want to make a million dollars. I mean, yes, sure. But like, that's not my driving force. It's the impact. I want more people to be impacted by what I'm doing because I know it works. And so the feeling guilty was the killing me inside. But I sat down and I took it apart and I realized I'm grateful for the business, but I outgrew it. It's no longer what I want to do. I was grateful for the six-figure job and all that I had, but I outgrew it. And the interesting thing is you have to always look at like the feelings and sit down with them and look like what's actually causing them. Because it's so easy to be like, oh, I have this successful business, but I'm pissed. And I don't know why I'm pissed. Is it because of my clients? Like you have to look and see because you're never going to address it if you don't know what it is. And so for me, I had it almost in my head that I have to be a business coach. I thought that this was the next step. Like, okay, so I worked for a little private owner at first. Then I was a corporate trainer for two different big corporate gens. Then I had my own studio for three years. I have an online business. And I thought in my head that the next step is I need to be a business coach. And I really didn't find like for fitness professionals. And I didn't really find this fulfilling because I thought this is too much that corporate. I don't want to teach people about making money because this is going to be, again, like numbers, 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 clients are not important. And I didn't want to do it. So I was like keeping myself stuck because I didn't see that, oh, actually you could just coach online and that's going to be the next step, like let go of the studio. And so the universe gave me this beautiful gift of 2020 and March and being like, we're closing for a month or for two or for three. And then I was forced to pivot. And when I did, I was like, oh, that's what it was. I didn't want to just be locked to these 20 people who I was seeing every single day. I wanted to be open to the whole world. And so just to answer your question in regards to like not being grateful and feeling guilty, I think that what works is to sit down and think what is actually causing these feelings. It's not that you're not grateful for the six-figure job, but maybe you have you know, a boss who's an asshole, or maybe a coworker's not doing anything and everything is falling on you, or maybe you just outgrew the position and you don't want to do something different. And I really believe that all the answers are inside. You just have to like remove yourself from the noise. So whether that be like partying, drinking, smoking weed, or whatever people do to distract themselves, remove yourself from that and you'll be able to hear your inner self or your inner voice that will tell you like, this is the next step. This is what you want to do. This is what you're not happy with. And I think people oftentimes seek validation from coaches, from mentors, from others, where they really have these answers inside of them. They just are too distracted. They consume too much, you know, too many Gary V's, <laughs> too many podcasts, too many things. Instead of sitting down after listening to something and like reflecting on it, what is it in my life that's causing me this? So less consumption and more like internal, that would be a big advice in this world where we have so much information. You have all the answers inside. So don't feel guilty. Just turn inside, remove yourself from the noise and you'll see it all. Yeah. And plus, like, for example, I had a paid community and it was in beta testing mode. I launched it for about a month and a half. And after a couple of weeks, I immediately was like, this isn't it. 
I feel so guilty for putting in so much money, so much time, right? I had like at least 10 people in the group at that point and all that stuff. And right, I'm talking to other people, right? Quote unquote experts in the space who are telling me, just keep going, right? Just keep going. And yet there was a part of me that was like, nope, like we're not doing this. And so I basically announced that I was closing it by December 1st. So right, this is the last week. And man, the past two weeks have been awesome because I made that decision to close it because the gut feeling was like, no, we're not doing this. And you feel so free, right? Yeah. And now there's other things in the pipeline, like crazy things that I never would have considered happening because I just said, fuck it, to basically taking my own advice instead of someone else's, right? The shoulds of life, as I like to call it, like to haunt me. So, or haunt all of us, really. In this concept, Gabby, I wanted to share one more thing too, just you brought it up. And that is as an entrepreneur, and especially at first, you might be tempted to say yes to everything and don't do this. Don't do it to yourself. You have to really pay attention to what things will bring you joy, money, growth, learning experience. You don't have to say yes to every client. You don't have to say yes to every opportunity. You don't have to say yes to every invitation because time is the only non-renewable resource. You will not get back your time if you waste it. So it's amazing that you didn't feel like this was the right thing for you right now, let it go. You don't have to spend any time and energy and resources on it anymore. And I think that could also relate to people in corporate as in, I have this job, I already spent five years climbing the ladder, I'm not going anywhere because I spend this time. Well, do you want to spend another 25 years climbing the same one? Yeah, I know. There's a lot of shame around it. But also I think people are just scared, right? They're scared of like taking on responsibilities, scared of the possibilities, scared of like, relying on themselves and seeing what they could possibly do. Because, you know, even for me for a while, it was like, I don't want to reach for the stars because that means I'm going to leave some people behind. That means that maybe in certain relationships, things aren't going to work out. Maybe it means that I'm in a completely different space than other people or whatever it was. And I was so concerned that I basically put myself in a box for forever. You know, going back to like, what is tough? Like, was it really hard for you to run like your own community? Like, are there any pros and cons compared to when you had your studio? And like, Was it difficult to create an app? Like, what's the whole game when it comes to online business? You know, I think the biggest thing with the online business is that people and clients and others don't realize how much goes on behind the scenes. I mean, you can reflect on this with what you're doing with your podcast. There is so much behind the scenes work that people cannot possibly even comprehend. And I do share a lot of it on Instagram because I want to have people see it's not easy always. It's fulfilling, but it's not easy always since long hours. And so I think couple things I would want to share. So first of all, what really works to do when you are starting your own business, whether that be a community or app or whatever it is, that you're thinking about it prospectively like a big picture, as in, are you trading time for money or are you building a machine that's going to make you money? Because that's a huge difference. If you're just taking one-on-one coaching clients or if you're just taking you know lots and lots of done-for-you services and then you're getting the turnover and getting it done and constant sales, that's great. But you will always have to produce. Now, if you're building a machine, it's so much easier to have the machine run for you. It takes much more work originally, but then it just runs and you don't have to kill yourself to do it. So, you know, originally it's a ton of work to create a community, but once you have it, the community kind of runs itself. However, important point is that you include the right people, right? You have to have the right people in there because you can have one 
rotten apple and rot the whole community. So you have to be really, really careful who you are. And that goes back to like, don't say yes to everyone. I'm very clear now when someone reaches out and I know that they're not a good fit for the community for whatever reason. And it's never personal. I will refer them to whoever I think will be best for them. But it's like, I'm not your person. This is not your community. They will not be comfortable here. Others will not welcome them. That's no problem. It's it's just like you said, leaving some people behind. I think that's another thing to normalize, like leaving a work behind, leaving a job behind, leaving people behind. Each person serves a purpose in their life. And then sometimes it's just for a year. Sometimes it's for a couple of months. Sometimes it's like a job. Sometimes it's some time. We don't have to be attached to it. Maybe it's from our parents, you know, and the generations before where you're supposed to get a job and then stay with the same job for whatever amount of years you had to and then go and retire. Maybe that's what it is. You know, when they're like the job loyalty of this is your company for your entire life. Maybe that's where it's coming from, like the shame of like, you know, you have to do this forever. Because even though my parents have their own business, that's kind of the belief that I grew up with. Like you should find what you're supposed to do and then do it. Like I literally had to explain to my parents, like, yes, I loved doing this at the gym setting in Boston, but now I'm moving to a different state. Okay. Now I'm doing this and then I'm closing the studio and then I'm doing, you know, and and I was explaining to my parents who are successful entrepreneurs doing their own thing. And I was like, no, 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 has nothing to do with me changing my mind. I'm committed to empowering people through fitness and personal development, but how it looks like I'm not stuck or attached to this is going to be in this place with these people in this capacity. And they're like, oh, and it took a while. And I remember my mom saying, Marka, you're living the, the freedom of four generations of women. And it literally made me cry because I was like, that's so true. She grew up in communist Poland. My grandma grew up during World War II. And my grandma before that, my great grandma, at the beginning of 1900s, like the women didn't have any freedom. So like, that's yet another thing that's kind of like my why, where you know, I don't have kids, but the three generations of women before me, they couldn't do anything the, the way I do it right now. They couldn't travel. They couldn't have a business. They couldn't do anything. They couldn't make their own money. So I'm kind of feeling responsible for that. And this is another way to, and I'm sure that no matter who you are, the generations before you, women didn't have the rights we have now. So like from the fact that we don't have to get married, from the fact that we don't have to have children, you can do your own thing all your life and be super boss. So like there's no societal limits besides those ones that we put on ourselves. Sometimes that could be scary though, right? Because then like all of a sudden, I don't want to say we don't have anyone to look up to, but right, we're really carving a new pathway. And that even goes for business, like whether you're a man or a woman, right? The online world is so fucking new that it's like, you do see people who are successful and right, you can emulate them and like replicate the same system. But a lot of us are still like figuring it out. Like we're still trying to like monetize on this and come up with automated systems and build this out. And and you have a lot of people who are full of shit. So it's, uh, it's a really interesting time to be around. But it's cool that you are one of the people, the many people who have basically taken, again, like a shitty situation like COVID and made a great thing out of it. And right at this point, you're now helping more people. And like, you fucking love what you're doing too. And you will probably switch too. Like the thing is, you're going to probably pivot in a few years as well. It's No, it's coming within the next year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely it's coming. I really wanna, <laughs> fitness and wellness is great. But I want to add more. I'm very organized and very structured in my life. And I want to help people with that. Mainly my 99% of my clients right now are women, but I'm not against working with men, obviously. So, but that's why I repeat women and women, but helping people with 
having their life organized and simple and easy so they can focus on the things that matter to them. And this is, I don't know yet how, but that's the next thing that's coming for sure. But something you, you touched on, I love to speak a little more on, he's seeing the glass half full. That really helps with anything you're dealing with. And so what I mean by that is, you know, I moved to America because I was dumped. Uh, literally, I was in college and I was dumped. So I thought, well, now nothing is holding me back here. Let's take a break from school and go to America. I'm not dating anyone. And look at my life 17 years later. Amazing. So same way with, you know, I moved to Connecticut for a relationship. The relationship ended up being nonsense. And that's another thing that really, you know, moves me to empowering women because I was in this abusive relationship and ended up with a restraining order and all super bullshit. But the bottom line is, it even showed me more how important it is for women to have their own income, to never rely on anyone because you never know. And so when you have something that you love and it makes you money, it's so much easier to be free and do whatever the heck you want. So that was, you know, I moved to Connecticut, dealt with that. But now from that, I grew my life to be what it is now. Same with COVID. COVID came and we had to close the studio and I was like, all right, well, what do we do now? And so kind of always hooking up to the positive in any situation. So never sitting... I think it's a practice and I think anyone could take it on and and develop and master it for themselves. And that is like, whatever's happening, remove yourself and look at the situation like a fly from the wall. Like what is actually happening? What is it that I could do? What is it that I cannot do? Where can I go? How can I use this to my advantage? And that way, removing yourself from the feelings and allowing, you know, just your creativity flow. It's kind of like you're advising a friend versus you're in the situation yourself. It really allows you to take the angle that's empowering Personal development obviously helps you and I know Landmark helps a lot when you're empty and meaningless, you're not making any uh, stories about what's happening and any interpretations about your failures or your the lack of success or whatever else you're dealing with. But it really helps to look at positive in any situation because you can turn it around that someone might look at you and think, my life was really hard. Like I moved to America at 21. I was a nanny. My parents were like, we're giving you two months. And I didn't speak the language. I, it was sucky. And then all the immigration things like changing visa from this to that and like to making it illegal. It's, it was difficult. It was time consuming. It was so expensive. I worked three nanning jobs to pay all of this. So it was not easy. I was close to being homeless a couple of times. I was broke for like a lot of time, but no one would ever look back at like my life and would say, oh, Monica had a really hard life. And you know why? Not because I hit it. No, not at all. But because I always hooked up to the one positive thing. Okay, my boyfriend dumped me, great, I'm moving to America. Okay, well, we have corona, great, let's quit the studio. You know, and it it was always like, it looked easy because I never focused on the hard. I could have sat there and complained for months, but that's the responsibility of like, I'm doing my thing, but I always had some sort of community around me. And so I knew that the way I'll show up that's the way they will show up. And I saw this so, so clearly with 2020 where I was in the funk that we had to close and all my clients and a lot of them are entrepreneurs. They were all in the funk and we were all complaining together on calls. And I was like, this is what I'm doing. Like I'm the one causing this. And so I sat down with them and I was like, listen guys, I'm going to clean something up. We're going to delete all our WhatsApp conversations, everything. No one's focusing on this nonsense anymore. We need to focus on the positive. And I was like, what? I'm going to be being creative fun and generous with myself, with others. And out of that, those three possibilities, as you know from Landmark, this is what I was able to create because being resentful, upset, and angry wasn't giving me anything. It was giving me more of that. Yeah. And it's so funny how like what we put out really does come back. And I know it's woo-woo and it's a little bit like 
you know, people are like, still got to fucking do the thing. But as Grant Cardone says, which again, he's like a little bit too extreme, but like he always like takes responsibility for what he does or doesn't have. And once you just claim responsibility is when you can really make magic happen. I agree. I so agree. And you know, and I think in business, when you're running your own business, this is something you have to practice because I'm just getting there. And that is always looking where you're responsible in every situation. So like, even when client is not showing up or, you know, when, I don't know, the revenue is going down, not being like, oh, it must be because, you know, this time of the year or because of something and like looking at yourself, what could I have done different? Where am I responsible? Not responsible as in guilty. I think a lot of times people think responsible means guilty or at fault, but in reality being like, how did I create this? What did I do to have this happen? And so when you look from that perspective, it's empowering because you can look and dice it up and see like, all right, so this is what I'm doing works and this is what I'm doing doesn't work. Let's put something in place so that it works next time. You know, it removes you from the disempowering feelings because feelings are great. The first one to get moved when someone's succeeding and the cry and all, but they're not very productive, you know, when you're not feeling how to do things, when you're upset or when you're angry or what, not productive at all. It's just, you know, when you're in a funk, not productive at all. You've got to shift your attention where you are empowered always. Yeah, it's not always easy when you're in that deep, dark place, but I do very much relate to, there's the phrase where it's like, you contract before you expand. So it's like, especially when you're doing major growth, especially when you run the business yourself, you're just starting, you will probably feel like shit. You'll feel like you're returning to old patterns. You'll be in that deep, dark place, but then eventually the light comes. It's just more of like another test to see like, hey, you gonna evolve from this or what? We obviously cover like a ton of stuff in this conversation. Obviously, like we could probably keep talking for hours about mindset stuff and all of that because of our experience together in Landmark and just in business. But one thing I like to do with all my guests as I wrap up is just ask one final question, which is if you could give advice to your younger self, what would that be? That no doubt would have been do personal development, hire people, get help. You don't have to figure it out all by yourself. Hands down. I could expand on it, but it's, I don't want to, to not cloud the message, like hire people, have help. This is so key. You're not going to waste time. You're not going to waste energy. Have the people who've already gone that route help you. And you're so much better off saving yourself so much frustration and the time. So definitely get help right away. Not for myself. It was like, don't compete in bodybuilding. First, do your head. (laughs) First, fix your head. First, get your mindset right thousand percent agree with that, you know. So, but uh, can you let everyone know where they can find you if they want to connect with you on, on Instagram or be part of the BBM community? Yes, absolutely. Everywhere I'm the same person, Monica Amzer. And so Monica with K M O N I K A N A in the middle, Mazur on LinkedIn, on Instagram, on Facebook, Twitter, on, and my website is monicaamazur.com. So I invite everyone to connect. I love, love, love connecting with folks. And thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you again. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Corporate Quitter podcast. Visit corporatequitter.com for resources, extended content, and additional information about our guests. To connect with us, stay up to date on all things Corporate Quitter, and to learn more about how you can leave the nine to five, follow us on Instagram and TikTok. And if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks, guys.